You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Getting over the bi-week blues. Welcome back, everyone, to Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. What's his name? Big Chris Newton. What up, though? Shout out to all my family in Detroit, Southfield. Shout out to Big Game. That's what they say in Detroit, man. What up, though? I love that. And what does that mean, though? What up, though, man? Like, what's up? What's popping? What's cracking? You know? Yeah, but what does the dough part mean? Is that like short for dog or? No, what up though is like, what up though? It's like, what up though? Like, what's going on? Like, what up though? So you say, what up though? See, this is why I keep you around. I, I need to understand what's happening in the real world out beyond my uh, my four walls here in my place. I'm so naive. <laughs> no man not at all we all everybody had their own vernacular you know what i'm saying so that's why we bounce stuff off each other you know it's funny i was gonna tell a story about thanksgiving dinner and uh before i met my wife man you know she said, what do you want for you know thanksgiving dinner i'm like i want some collard greens and she like collard greens i'm like no one i ever heard say collard greens but that's what they are that's what this says on the pack collard green but we say well, yeah collard greens well, uh, okay. And it's like the, the town that I'm from is Rochester, New York. People call it Rochester. We call it Rochester. It's different, yeah. right? But it's I have a, a question different. for you. Yep. What up, doe? What up, doe? Did I say it right? What up, doe? No, 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 no. What up, doe? Yeah, you can't, you can't stress the doe. Is what up, doe? Is all one what up though? What up though? Yeah, what up? What up though? Yeah, yeah. Is that better? That, that's a little better. Yeah, yeah. Do it when you feel comfortable with it. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I, I'm going to bring this into to my own lexicon here because I think I I think I need it. I think I think I need this phrase. Okay. Anyway. Okay. What What'd you do in your bye week? Oh man. It was wonderful, man, because like I said two weeks ago, and I missed y'all so much, man, you know. Uh, my son, It worked out perfectly because Notre Dame had a bye week, too. So I literally watched very little football at all the 48 hours of the weekend. We actually drove down to uh, uh, Virginia Beach because my son had uh, two football games. He played FBU football, and we played two teams from the Virginia Beach area. And I tell you, man, it's a lot. Like, we played at Dre Bly Field. He's from the area. It's like a lot of people who Dre are. Dre Bly Field? Dre Bly Field, man. Yeah. Dre Bly Field. And, uh, you know, they they have a lot of talent, man. Just being down there and seeing, like, their, like their eighth grade teams down there, they literally look like high school kids. And, it was, and I was talking to some of the parents of those kids before oh, no. our game. They have kids on their team that already have college scholarship offers. And they're eighth grade. And I tell you, man, if you look at them, like, I'm scared of them. Like, they had, like, eight or nine kids that I probably wouldn't mess with. <laughs> Eighth graders. This is 13 oh youth football. And I swear that. And I took some pictures. Maybe I posted on Twitter. But um, they had about four kids on their team that was, like, 6'3", 250, looked like a grown man already. And he's 13. They're 13 years old. Jesus. Oh, yeah. How do they find oh, yeah. those kids? How do they put them all on the same team? But I understand that now, looking at that, it's a lot of people in the NFL that's from that Tidewater, 
Chesapeake, Virginia Beach area, all around that area. They put it like uh, Mike Vick, Allen Iverson, like all of them are all from that area. And I see why looking at their youth, man, it's, it's incredible. And I look at our kids and I'm like, whoa, like <laughs> it's a big difference. Randy Moss is from around there too, isn't he? No, Randy Moss is from West Virginia. Oh, that's right. He's from West Virginia. That's right. But, yeah, man, just seeing their youth football, man, I'm like, man. And just think about it, man. Like, wrap your head around that. Eighth grader already with scholarship offers. Are you kidding me? That is incredible. That's ridiculous. That is incredible. But that's how they they already looked apart. So they're like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and automatically offer you. You already look like some of our kids. So what happens when a normal 13-year-old plays against them? What do you mean, play against a college kid? Or what, what do you mean? No, when they play against these – when a normal 13-year-old plays against a kid who's like 6'3", 250, what the hell happens? That that doesn't sound <laughs> like it's a healthy thing. No, I mean, you can just tell the difference in the physicality, man. I mean, watching them play each other, this is high-level – middle school football. So, I mean, they're out there hitting, they're running plays that, I mean, it looked like, it literally looked like a high school game. And these were eighth graders. And so a couple of those kids, I would have put them in a college uniform and you would have thought that you wouldn't have never thought nothing different. Like they look like college players. It just looks different. Jesus. Yeah. So you did post a video of your son pulling a DK Metcalf and running a dude down <laughs> after an INT. I did. That was in DC two weeks ago. That was, oh, okay. Yeah, that was two weeks ago. And, uh, and so I posted that video. Cause I'm like, he, he, he like, man, call me DK Metcalf, you know, cause he, uh, our quarterback threw an interception and it was probably about a 50 yard run. And Jalen just chased him down and made him fumbling, uh, made him fumble before he got to the end zone. And so I'm like, yeah, man, that's the effort I'm talking about. Always give effort, man. Win, lose, or draw. So I got to call him DK Newton for the next couple of weeks. So I got to ask, though, when you see a play like that, how does that stack up to other good plays? Because your son's a good athlete, and he's also a really big kid for his age. Um, he, but he's he's a good athlete, and he he performs well in football and basketball, what are the times when you feel the greatest source of pride? Is it when he is it the hustle plays? That's a great question. Um, yeah, it's probably the hustle plays, uh, something like that. But then, like on D, like when he playing D tackle or D in, and he gets a sack, and you know what I'm saying. And then when we watch the tape, because we watch all the film and we grade it and stuff. Like when yeah. he playing on offense and he just mauls somebody, meaning you just. Get them and you drive them and then you dump them down at the end. You know what I'm saying? So when he uh, does that, that's when you kind of feel proud. Like, oh man, yeah, like this kid got a chance. But more, more in, in basketball, obviously, is when he hit a three. So if he hits like a big three in a big game and everybody kind of get into it, then that's when you be like, yeah. And everybody kind of, you know, tap you on your back and stuff. But it also helps because it helps you keep grinding and working hard when you find success, a little bit of success. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it motivates him to get out there and work out and all that stuff. You know, and that's the most important thing because you just got to keep getting better no matter what level you are. Mm-hmm. So when he made that play, ran the kid down, were you like running up and down the sideline being like, that's my boy? Actually, I was in the end zone recording because they I do the videos. And so uh, I was in the end zone recording. but So I was 100 yards away from the play. So I didn't really realize because from what I see, I couldn't see it. They didn't have a box. So that's why the video that you saw that I posted, that's from another parent that was on the sideline. But his uh, angle, uh. his angle was better than the angle I have. So I don't have a very good video of it. So I really didn't know what to think. I was just like, oh man, our quarterback just threw a pick. Somebody stopped me before it's a pick six. And so it wasn't until I talked to him after the game. He's like, did you see me chase him down? Did you see me? I'm like, oh, yeah, you did. Oh, awesome. And then once I saw the video, I'm like, oh, shoot. Like this DK Metcalf type stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. So I didn't answer your question at the game. I didn't realize because I was too far away from my vantage point. 
And your kid, you know, I, I've only met him a few times, but he is so cool. He's such a chill guy. And you said that he loves the hitting and everything else, which I could never imagine because he is, I mean, he's so mild mannered. And uh, when you introduced me to him, you said he's a man of few words. And I swear he didn't say more than like three the rest of the day. I was speaking right. directly to him and he was looking at me like, hmm. Less of you, please. <laughs> I think now he knows you more than he opened up more. You know what I'm saying? I think sure. I think that's the thing with kids these days. Like they don't really know you. Once they get to know you, that you'll see more of their personality. But the first couple of times they kind of clam up, or they'll be on their phone and really ain't paying attention. But then once you like engage them and really talk to them, he'll open up. Yeah, and that makes sense. You want them to have. Uh, uh, a, a good amount of stranger danger in there. Mm-hmm. And speaking of people that we don't know, you know who we really don't know? And before we get to the bills, we really don't know Tua Tagovailoa, do we? Mm-hmm. Remember people were ready to uh, anoint him a top five quarterback in the NFL after three games, and then he got pulled for fits? Huh. That's a different story. How quickly things change in the NFL, I tell you, man. And and once again, Sal Capaccio talked about it, man. He was like, "You, they were winning these last three or four games. They were winning how we were winning, you know, during the Tyrod days. Great defense, yeah. running game, defense scoring, special team scoring. But then Tool was passing for like 100 yards, 80 yards, and they were winning. And that's why I always tell my friends, man, once again, I talk to uh, a group of friends down in New Orleans. We talk almost every other day, and we just talk about sports, and I run through the ideas of how I'm feeling, you know, before we come on the pie. And so my boy Cliff, I talked to, I talked to you about him uh, a couple of weeks ago. I talked to him, and he was like, man, yeah, a quarterback, he is what his record is. And I'm like, not necessarily. A quarterback could be mediocre and win, or you could have a great quarterback that's losing. You see what I'm saying? And so, you know, I I absolutely hate that argument because wins and losses and, and Bruce exclusive, uh, our own Bruce Nolan always says that wins are not a quarterback stat because there's 22 people on the field. And yes, it's a quarterback driven league. And it's if you don't have a good quarterback, you're probably not going to win. But look no farther than Trent Dilfer winning the Super Bowl. Right. Look at um, Brad Johnson winning right. the Super Bowl. Mark Rippon. Like, I know I'm going back in time a bit, but no, you can have a bad quarterback and still win games if the rest of your team is clicking on all cylinders and vice versa. I mean, how many games have some very good quarterbacks lost because their defense can't stop anybody? I agree. I agree. Yeah. And and once again, I get it. Yeah, that's their record, but football is the ultimate team sport. And I just think that that's low-hanging fruit when people say that. You know, like, oh, Tyrod, oh, he took us to the playoffs and all that. But, I mean, we pretty – and once again, I, don't, I always want to keep beating up on Tyrod. You know what I'm saying? Because he did take us to places that we've never been. But if you watch the games, you know we won, why? On defense, special teams, and our running game. And he Field would, position. Field position and everything. He wasn't going to throw us to a win. You know what I'm saying? I can't remember a game like that he threw us to a win. You know what I'm saying? And then right. all even the four quarter combat. I talk about when I four years ago when I went to Seattle uh for that Monday night game. We get the ball back, two minutes to go. Nothing in me thought that Tyrod was gonna drive down that field and score. And sure Not enough, sure enough, it was three and out. We punted and we hoped that the defense could win. And that's and that's why I'm saying, like, when you have a guy then you always have a chance to win. When you have a game manager, and that's what Tua's been the first three, four weeks of his career. He's 3-1 and one in those starts, which is awesome for him. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't win none of those games. I mean, when you're scoring on special teams and defense and they're pitching shutouts, I mean, anybody could do that. You know, and that's the one thing, going, and we uh, transfer that to Josh Allen. What we're seeing now is, man, especially that Arizona game, we wasn't live last week, but we got to reflect on the Arizona game. Mm-hmm. Aaron's, man, to me, the way I watch the game is Josh Allen is all we had. The running, the, the running game gave him nothing. You know what I'm saying? And so, 
And so he had a couple of picks and a couple of picks that were dropped. So at first I was like, okay, what am I going to get in the podcast and say about this performance? This was a bad performance by him until that last drive. Now, once he did the last drive and Stephon Diggs, that throw he made a touchdown, it went from a, a crap game to, oh, okay, yeah. And if that's an okay performance, you know what I'm saying? When you throw from 300 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, and you had a game-winning drive, if not, for, you would have won the game, if not for probably the best player of the year, I will take that because that means your floor is 282 and two. And if that's the case, we're going to win more times than not because we should have won that game. Absolutely should have won that game. And Josh Allen was not good. In fact, the only reason that game was that close is because the Arizona defense wasn't that great. But hey, look, going into that game, those two teams were fairly evenly matched. And I figured that it was going to be a close one. Now, the Bills had that one and until they didn't. You know, when when he hit digs, it was like, Josh Allen, damn it, you did it again in crunch time. He didn't panic. He threw a great pass at the end of that game or at the end of that drive to score the touchdown. And there it was. But our hearts will go on, as Celine Dion once said, uh, because I'm not as much as I would have liked the Bills to win that game and to pull an extra game ahead of the Miami Dolphins at this point. I, I don't feel bad about them losing it. It was a fluke play that caused Arizona to win. And if that's what it takes to beat the Bills, I feel pretty good about the team. Hey, man, and that's why everybody calling me, Newt, man, how do you feel? You heartbroken. And the only thing is, and I say, when we lose, I just don't want to be embarrassed. You see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the Tennessee game was an embarrassment because they was dealing with COVID. They didn't know they was going to play. They came out, just punched us in the mouth when I just knew we were going to win that game because of the circumstance. Yep. Kansas City, it is what it is. This game, we had the game one. You, me, and Seth was texting each other, and I was thinking, because I streamed. So I'm thinking, okay, man, this game, everybody's like, good win, new good win. I'm like, okay, we must have won. And then, sure enough, I see this play, and I was like, and then everybody flooded me with text, like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. So it's like <laughs> everybody was calling me, talking a little trash, and I ate it. But then, ultimately, I wasn't mad. It took the player of the year to beat us. We are in a great, if you would have said, you got to keep looking at, and I keep saying this every episode, and I know I sound real hyped today because I'm happy, I'm in a good mood, Thanksgiving, when the big guy gets to eat, you know, I've been Kato with him, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to eat. I got the collard greens, I got the turkey, I got the yams, I got the mac and cheese, I got the apple and sweet potato pie, and that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about today, sweet potato pie versus pumpkin pie, because my wife likes pumpkin pie. Okay, she's a New Englander. I eat sweet potato pie. My people from the South, and I grew up in St. Louis, so it's sweet potato pie. I only eat pumpkin pie when the sweet potato pie and the apple pie is gone. Okay? <laughs> okay. You know, I've never really been exposed to sweet potato pie. I, I think I've had it once, and I was blown away by how good it was. Are you a, are you a pumpkin pie eater? Uh, I do eat it. I prefer apple, but man, when when it comes to when it comes to my Thanksgiving desserts, apple pie is always at the very top of the list. Yeah, with you know, typically we have apple pie, pumpkin pie, and cookies. And I don't, I don't ever get to the cookies. Never. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I go in there and I say uh, just one small piece of pumpkin pie, and then I say. Well, I better have a small piece of uh, pumpkin too. So apple, then pumpkin. And then I find myself going back for more apple. And then I say, well, you know, who am I fooling here? And then I get a really large piece of the pumpkin pie, which seems to go down really easily. And um, then I hate myself for the rest of the night. <laughs> like Louis C.K. said, I don't eat until I'm full. I eat until I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's going to happen 48 hours from now, man. I'm going to eat until I, I be pissed off at myself for eating that much. I'm going to go gorge this week, man. So I'm Enjoy. excited. We've been dieting. I'm just going to pig out. I'm probably going to regret it. But, hey, 
So be it. And then Notre Dame plays Friday, and then of course the Bills play San Diego on Sunday. So, but yeah, that's why I'm, you might hear excitement in my voice, man. Thanksgiving and Christmas, man, I get excited because I know we're gonna eat good. You know what I'm saying? So the holiday season, man, you can't beat it. No, you especially can't. this year. It's kind of tough because I I know with uh, the way the COVID situation is going, a lot of people are not traveling. I'm not going to be seeing my family, uh, and that has a, a lot to do with it. Um, but I hope that I I hope that things are cleared up by Christmas because you know Christmas time in the D'Amico household is always wonderful. My mom is a great cook. And she also really goes all out on the decorating. It just, it, she always has, it just feels, feels like home for real. Here I am almost 45 years old. And when I go back to my parents' house, I'm transformed right back into being a kid again. And the excitement that I had, you know, seeing the, the snow falling, cause you know, it's Rochester, it's usually cold as hell and, or it's, really warm there's never any in between you know snow's falling uh, the christmas tree is up it just everything good about my childhood seems to come back at christmas yeah and i know that i know that i'm fortunate too because i know for a lot of people holidays are a difficult time I'm, i'm glad i'm glad that is one of the ways in which my upbringing did not fail me it failed me in a lot of other ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that, man. It's going to be especially hard this year not being around family. We'll just be here uh, for Thanksgiving. We haven't decided what we're going to do for Christmas just yet. Usually we spend Christmas with the in-laws down in Florida on the beach. Um, but with them being, you know, um, you know, a little older and stuff and have pre-existing issues, we don't want to cause them any danger. Um, so right. we probably just spend both of them here. So I, I totally understand, but yeah, our hearts go out to all the people out there, man. Cause it is, I mean, it's a difficult time of year. A lot of people don't have means. A lot of people are out of work. So this Christmas might be difficult for them. So just keep everybody in their thoughts and prayers, man. I know I do. So that game in Arizona, it wasn't without its storylines, was it? I mean, you mentioned that the team, performed despite Josh Allen really not not playing very well in that game the running game was awful uh the defense was all right Kyler Murray god he's good but we held him in check though I said we we held them in check I mean we we held Murray in check pretty much I mean I felt like both quarterbacks once again I think Josh Allen played Man, until that final drive. That final drive put that game as, oh, okay. I, so I feel like he went from maybe a C- minus to maybe a B- minus or a B because of the final drive. And Kyler Murray, I mean, we held him in check for the most part. He passed for 245 yards and uh, one touchdown, and I think he ran for another mm, two. He Yeah, he didn't really kill us on the ground like he'd been killing people. So I feel like we, we held him in check for the most part. We definitely did enough to win the game. It just Absolutely. It, it just came down, and we said in the pregame, man, it came down to one of the best receivers in the game making a great play. And a lot of yep. people were talking about, well, we should have put some of our taller receivers back there just to bat it down. You, That's all theory, dude. You had – you had one of the best quarterbacks in the league, T. White, and you had two Pro Bowl-type caliber safeties on it. If any three people would have been around it, I wanted those three people around it. That just oh, shows yeah. how good D-Hop is, and we said that before the game. Right, right. And, uh, you know, just speaking to that, I I thought that Sean McDermott made a great point because – there was 11 seconds on the clock before the play. He was under the impression that was not going to be a Hail Mary. And if you look right. at the if you look at the play from the end zone angle or from a wide angle, there was only one player in the end zone. It was not supposed to be a Hail Mary play. It just right. turned into Kyler Murray heaving it up there saying, "I figured he's going to be there somewhere." And it happened to hit him. So, you know, it kind of throws out the point of bringing in a, a, a taller defender because that only works when you know it's going to be a jump ball situation. That wasn't the play. It turned into it, but that wasn't the play. And the Bills had it defended nearly perfectly. But 
I agree. Interesting storyline. Mitch Morris, a healthy benching. What do you make of that? I I, I think that they feel like that uh, Feliciano is a better option at center, and I think moving forward he's going to be there. Uh, they feel like Buttinger is playing good enough, and Morris is. We're preparing for him to probably be a casualty of the salary cap. I feel like they feel like right now that our O line is playing better without him. So I think it's this is the first step or the first shoe of of us moving on for him and his contract. That's an interesting thought. They may have decided with concussion number five that, okay, we don't want to keep this guy around anymore because with every concussion you get, it's easier to get another one. Right. But with that in mind, is it possible that they simply wanted to give him more recovery time, but didn't necessarily want him on the field unless it was in emergency? They just didn't want to necessarily be talking about it. That's possible, man. And and you know me, I'm a pessimistic type person. And so oh, I, <laughs> I, I am. I think of everything in worst case scenarios. Everything's a conspiracy theory to me. So, but no, that, that could be very well true too. I mean, only time will tell and, and, and they might just want to give him extra weeks, but I just feel like hearing the way Sean McDermott talked about it, I feel like his words could have been better if that was the case. Oh, we just want to give him more time to rest. Like he could say that where he's just saying, no, this was a coaching decision. So that's bad. I mean, when you're saying it's a coaching decision, that's all football right there. So I just think he's setting the tone like, y'all just get ready. Like he could have easily said that. We want to give him more rest. That would have been nothing wrong with that. I just can't see how Ike Butker or Brian Winters is better than Mitch Morse. I mean, he Morse has had a decent, season maybe he had a bad week of practice you know that could have been part of it but i just i just don't see how winters or butker's better than morris i feel like we can't run and he i feel like we can't run the football and i guess he feels like if we can't run the football we can only pass by because i feel like even in arizona game I feel like we we protected uh, Josh Allen pretty good. So if we can't run with him, then why are we paying you all this money? I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe you're right. Uh, it's just the concussion things. But, I mean, the way I look at it, I'm just thinking this is going to be the first shooter drop. He's making so much money. Do you start him this week? It don't sound like he will start this week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it don't sound like the way he's talking. So, I mean, and once again, we're not there in practice. You're right. He could be in practice and not having good practices, and he, he could be a competition-type deal. But, I mean, like I said, man, if we're going to be average and we're paying you, you're the highest-paid center in the league or one of them, then, shoot. I mean, if we could get the same output from Feliciano, we could find another guard to replace uh the young – but the young boy, I mean, Buttinger and uh, – and then Cody Ford's still there. He's hurt. I mean, maybe he's looking like we're just going to move on. I know Brian Winters haven't really played well per se, but, no. you know, I mean, maybe he's just trying to mix and match. And he's like, we're going to be average, but we're going to move on. And, and yeah. So the last time Morris missed time with a concussion, after coming back, he didn't play well. And there's a school of thought out there that it takes up to a year, if not more, to fully get back your cognitive functioning after a concussion. Mm-hmm. So if that's true, with Morse not playing well after the last concussion, it's entirely possible that his cognitive processing is a split second slow. Maybe he's not reacting to things as quickly as he did pre-concussion, and maybe they were seeing that in practice. And they were thinking, okay, we don't want to usher him back out there. Even though he cleared protocol, he may not be functioning quite on the same level that he was before. So maybe that could make him a liability out there. Or maybe it's something else and we just don't know. Maybe he's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they don't want him on the field because they don't like him. Well, (laughs) I mean, hey, whatever it is, only time will tell. We can only speculate um, but yeah, that's the way I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it as purely football, man. So if that's the case, then so be it, you know? 
I am of the opinion, and I'm quoting Bruce Nolan here, I am of the opinion that if he is healthy, he should be starting this week. Mm. Okay. Anyway. All right, that's fair. So the offensive line, it keeps shuffling. Do we see Cody Ford this week? I have heard nothing of him. Is he healthy? I mean, I don't know. I guess that's going to be one of those things we find out through this week. I'm just assuming uh, we're going to keep Buttinger and uh, and Winters in, and if Cody Ford comes, he'll take one of their spaces, you know? Yeah. Or if they decide to put Morris back there, Feliciano will switch to one of those. So, um, But we do need to figure out, and he said that he did it. Uh, they took a hard look at the running game. We have to run the football better. And that's and that's why yeah. I had to uh, miss my words when it came to Josh Allen. He had no help. You got to give him something. Like, I feel like if he would have pulled, then going back to the quarterback, winning and lose, if we would have won that game, that would have been all Josh Allen. All of Josh Allen, and I and I'm shaking his hand. I mean, we he had no we, like once we got up. What was the score? Twenty three to nine. Yeah, I believe twenty three nine. I believe it's like okay, we tried to run the football and start wearing the clock. We couldn't run the football. Then we tried to. Make, they made Josh Allen become a passer, and then that third quarter it just looked ugly. And then our defense gave up a couple of touchdowns. That's how he got back in the game. If we had any semblance of a running game, we would have chewed the clock out and walked away with a comfortable win. But because it was all on Josh Allen Orms in that third quarter, he had no help. That's how they got back in the game. We got down in fourth. And in true Josh Allen fashion, he drove downfield, scored, still put us in a uh, position to win. And then uh, we gave up a big play on defense. So well, let's not forget that the D gave up 17 points in the third quarter alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not helping your quarterback. It ain't. But we knew at this point you are – we know where we are at this point. We have to score over 30 points. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're going to probably give up 30 points. But it once again, man, just keep your eye on the product. I can't say it enough. I will say it every week for the rest of this season. I just want to know if Josh Allen is the man and he's proven it. If that's a bad game for him, then I will take that. <laughs> I will and, take it was. It, it was a bad game for him. He was definitely st- struggling when Arizona was blitzing, which they did a lot of. And you can tell there are times Josh Allen doesn't know what he's looking at out there. You know, he, he doesn't know where, where the rush is coming from, um, who's dropping into coverage. He panics. He leaves clean pockets. Um, he holds the ball. Like He's really got to work that out. And I thought we were past that. It seemed like he knew how to take care of the blitz. And all of a sudden, this past game, he just he he didn't he didn't look as comfortable as he had been previously. And that's really that was the difference between him being good as he was in prior games and not playing as well in this past one. But you're right, without him. They have no semblance of a chance in this game. So you're right. You're right. Meh, Josh Allen is still a quarterback I want. Yeah. I didn't think I would say that. Well, I mean, and then you got to look at once again, it might have been a meh performance and look at the shortcomings, but look at the last drive, though. Everybody can't. And once again, man, I know y'all think I flip-flop on him, but I'm I'm shaking his hand. The truth usually lies somewhere in the middle. That guy drove down the field. Everybody don't have the gumption. Everybody don't have the fortitude to be able to do that, to have a mad performance, and you come back for another four-quarter win, in which we should have won, because in my eyes, we won that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, from, yeah. from that point of view, that, yeah, he did enough for us to win when he had no help. Jeez. If you lose on a fluke play, I can see why you why you say, nah, they had it win. They had it won. I mean, Bill Parcells says that you are what your record is. And we're but still. And we're seven and three. And if yep. I told you back in the summertime, we'll be seven and three with this schedule with a win over the Rams. A win over Seattle, you would have took that every day and twice on Sunday. Absolutely. Absolutely. At this point, I thought the Bills might be looking at having a losing record at this point in the season. I know. You said it two weeks ago. You feel, you're waiting for it to fall apart, remember? <laughs> yeah. And you say you're the pessimist. Right. Sheesh. Right. 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that take that I had, it didn't age well. <laughs> so let's look at the schedule. I mean, we got the charges this week. We're like a three, four point favorite, I believe, at home. Right? Yep. All right. Then we got San Fran at San Fran. We got to go to West Coast on a Monday. Then we got the Steelers game, Sunday night football. Short week. Short week, but it's at home. Then we got to fly out to Denver, which was announced today. That's going to be a Saturday game. So we're going to have the next, well, three of the next four games going to be on national TV now. That's going to be a Saturday game at 430 versus Denver. That is not the time to choke. Show the world what you got when you're on national television, man. I agree. Then we got uh, New England at New England. That'll be Monday Night Football again. And then we end with the Miami game, which could be for the division if they win and we keep winning and whatnot. One thing I can say is I'm glad that they did lose, so now we got a full game plus the tiebreaker on them in the standings. But just looking at the next six games, man, I don't think it's hard for us, and I said this two weeks ago, for us to go four or two down the line. Only thing that Arizona, going back, I started talking about the Thanksgiving food. I got, you know, lost thinking about that turkey. But what I was going to say is that the Arizona game, is it didn't deflate me at all. Like, we're 7-3. We're still at the top of the division. Only thing it did was that now we don't have a game, like a mess-up game. Right. You can't you can't let the Chargers steal this one from you. And you know, it's I think the Chargers are I think the record is worse than they are as a team. There's some talent there. There's also a lot of injuries. Right. Right. They're they're a good team. They've been in every game they fight. Herbert has a lot of confidence right now. I expect him to come in. And play well, even though they're flying in from the West Coast. Um, I still think we're going to win. We're favored. We should win. All right. So then you move on to San Francisco. We should win that game. They have way too many injuries. They, I mean, it, we we're probably going to be favored. We should win that game. Steelers game. We should win that game, assuming they can figure out how to stop the run. Right. Right. And then uh, the Steelers game, it is what it is. If we pull an upset, fine, but I don't expect us to win that game. Uh, Yeah, I don't see it. And that's okay. All right. Then Denver, you got to beat Denver. You got to find a way. You know, and and Miami couldn't get it done. They had two where we have a better quarterback right now. Got to beat Denver. New England, they're going to give up by now. You got to win that game. And in Miami, if it's for the division, beat them. By hopefully, if we beat New England, um, hopefully we'll have the division already cleansed. We can rest our starters. All right, we'll be the three seed in the playoffs, have a home playoff game. Rest our starters, lose that game. That's fine. So the next six – no, I was just going to say, so the next six games, we could realistically go four and two. We go four and two. Now you finish the season with one of the best seasons that I can remember at 11-5, home playoff game. Can't ask right. for nothing better than that. What happens if things go wrong? Where, where would they stumble? Charges this week. Okay. Because um, that's an AFC game. Um, I can't see us losing to San Fran. I, I just can't see it. Um, 4-2 four, four should be the goal. It could be better, but 4-2 is the goal. But you can't go less than 3-3. Three and three. So 10 wins should be the minimum. If we only win two more games, then that, that's almost at the collapse stage. That's almost at the collapse stage yeah. that you were talking about. I can't see that. And 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 what I don't want the fans to do is think that the Arizona game meet, like changes that. It doesn't change it. You know, one lucky catch don't change how you feel about the team, you know. And also, right. It does change the record, which changes the playoff implications. Yeah, it does. Um, but we had two weeks to get ready for the Chargers. We're favored. You got to win that game. You have to. You have to win this game. Like, in certain games, you have to win. You got to beat New England. You got to beat Miami if it comes down to if it. Comes down to it, it means something. So that's three right there. And you got to beat Denver and Drew Locke. You got to win that game. If they're going to stumble, though, they're going to stumble against Miami. 
division games are always difficult and you have two of them coming up at the, at the end of the season. We we both agree that they're probably not going to beat the Steelers. And San Francisco with all the injuries they've got, you kind of are thankful for that at this point in the year because if San Fran were coming in fully healthy, uh, that yeah. would be I would that'd be a tough, a loss. tough game. Right. I would yeah. say that if they were fully healthy, I would give that a loss. But half their roster is deprived. I mean, they're gone. So, and the one thing about the Pittsburgh, they I know a lot of fans are like, why y'all so down? P- Pittsburgh undefeated, but they really don't, yeah, they don't really run the ball well. They win it off the strength of uh, Big Ben's arm and um, their receiving core right now. You know what I'm saying? Chase Claypool, Notre Dame grad. I mean, he's lighting it up. So if we can figure out the passing game, then hey, man, and it's at home, we might have a chance, dude. It might be a uh, it might be a shootout. I don't know. You know, could be. I, I keep going back to last season when Buffalo beat them, and I felt great about that. But you do have to recall that it was Duck Hodges at quarterback, and right. that guy, man, talk about a noodle arm. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. it was a good game. I mean, we didn't blow them out. So, no. yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I don't know, man. You you would think that Pittsburgh got to have a letdown somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And I, They're not going to run the table. Right, right. And so my thing is, if we could beat the Rams and we could beat Seattle, why couldn't we beat Pittsburgh? And once again, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not picking us to win it, but I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if we ran the table. You see what I'm saying? Like we, I mean, the way if Josh Allen could play like Josh Allen for six weeks, we could win every game. You know what I'm saying? Like I could. I could see us winning every game before I could see us. Let me not. Let me knock on wood on that because I, I, I'm not gonna say I'm not going to speak out of the words. Never mind. I, I was gonna say I could see us running, winning, uh, running the table six and zero before I see us collapsing. But I don't want to do that because I felt like that other time. So we'll take it one game at a time. But in a collapse would be going two and four in the last six games. Would you agree? Yeah, that would be a, that would be a collapse. If this team only wins nine games, then I feel like we collapse down the stretch. And at nine games, you're not guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. You have to win ten games. Well, not this year. Because they added a team to the play, they added a team to the playoffs, and uh, so I, I would normal years I would say ten will get you in, but this year I think a nine, I think a couple nine win teams will get you into the playoffs. Then, then it comes down to tiebreakers, and yeah, I yeah. hate relying on those. Yeah, I don't want to, do, I don't want to be sweating week seventeen. You're right, I give you that. I don't want to be sweating. We will not be. Com- it's just, it's just really nice that here we are. 10 weeks into the season, and when they talk about the playoffs, it doesn't say in the hunt next to the Bills' name. Yeah. Next to next to Buffalo, it says in right now. And and we're not even a four seed. We're the three seed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it feels yeah. good. Yeah. So shifting gears a little bit, do you think that by week number 16 – that the Patriots are going to pack it in because my thought on them is that playing for Bill Belichick works when you're winning and you can point to the culture and the success. But when you're not having success, I would think that he's just going to grade on his players. What do you think? I can see that. And they're, um, what they do over New England is interesting. Did you see, uh, did you watch the, uh, the Tampa Bay game Monday night, and you know Tom Brady not wanting to shake hands and all this stuff. Everybody's talking about that. So yeah, that lends to the fact that they're probably sour grapes. Like when they win it, everything's fine, and I could be, you know, crass and all that stuff. But then when we start losing, then it could turn around quick. I mean, you got to be a gracious winner and a gracious loser, and I don't know if New England's going to be able to handle that. So I do understand what you're saying, but they got a tough schedule coming up. They're four and six right now, right? Okay, so then they got the Cardinals. I would think that the Cardinals are going to beat them. They got to go to the Chargers. Then they got to go to the Rams. 
go to the Dolphins. By the time they play us, they realistically got the next four games, they could lose all of them or maybe win one. So if they come mm-hmm. in our game, if they come in our game five and ten or something like that, then I think they're just gonna pack it in. They ain't gonna have nothing else left to try to prove, try to ruin. You can't ruin our season. So I don't think they're really gonna care. I, I'm still counting that as a win. I I can see why, but let's not forget they were going to win the game against the Bills in Buffalo until Cam Newton fumbled. They were on their way to score, and the game should have never been that close, but that's what Belichick does to the Bills. Well, I mean, you can look at it like that. I can look at it like, hey, I was going to be Dr. Newton until I didn't finish my dissertation. So, (laughs) and I know that's out of left field, but I'm just saying we won the game. Like you can always like you can say we got lucky, but every team, if you in a season that makes the playoff, you got lucky. Like Arizona I, got lucky versus us. You see what I'm, I'm saying? I'm not so, saying. I'm not hold on, saying. Hold on, let me finish. So if you're gonna say that about New England, well, we got lucky because of the fumble, which I totally agree. I'm not kicking you in the balls for this. I totally agree that they were gonna probably drive in the score and we might have lost. But if that's the case, then if T White would have just knocked the ball down, we would have beat Arizona. I'm not saying that the Bills were lucky to win. What I'm saying is that they played the Bills very tough and had one or two things broken a slightly different way. That's a loss for the Bills. I don't know that that if they are invested in their season, I don't know if that's a gimme. In fact, I, I don't think it is. I think that's another tough game. And I hope that if the Bills win that game, it seals the division. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to play week 17 for the division. I agree. I want to rest my starters like we did last year. I want to rest the starters, and you can have the win, Miami. God bless you. Right. And, you know, hurt their draft position. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, once again, if you look at the standings, I mean, <laughs> who's to say Miami's out? I mean, Miami still might make the, uh, make the uh, playoffs. They're oh, I, I think they probably will. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you meant like their season would be over because the way it's looking, I mean, they could still be – I mean, we could go in as a divisional leader and then they'll be the second team to get the playoff spot. Yeah, and the way they're playing, I mean, yeah, they kind of had a clunker this past week, but it was – I'm not I'm not betting against them right now because they have the look of a team that's improving over the course of the season and those are the ones you have to look out for. You know, when when you see a team trending in the right direction, those are the ones you don't want to face late. Mhm. Yeah, I now, see that. I can see that. But like you get some teams that are all over the map, up and down, those I don't worry about, but the ones that started slow and then by week 10, 11 in the season, they're stringing together wins. Uh, you know, that's when a team starts believing in themselves. And when a team believes in themselves, they become dangerous. I totally agree. Only one game separates the three C, which is us, and seven and three from the Miami Dolphins, who are six and four. All right. So you yeah. got six teams that's in that gap right there. So it's a lot of football to be played, but I tell you, they're still in it. So I'm just happy once again that they dropped this one because if they would have been tied with us with the division lead, now I'm sweating a lot more. And if the season ended today, do you know who the Bills would play? I think that we would play the, the Cleveland Browns. Yep. I think the Cleveland yep. Browns. My lovely wife pointed out to me, Wait a minute. The Bills would play the Browns? Huh. Who would have seen that coming? I know, right? Like, like, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. And it's a shame because we would have our first home playoff game in what? 20 some over 20 years. And it's like we might not even be able to have fans there, man. And that's that's really sad to see, man. I I just feel bad for Bills Mafia because of this year we we won't be able to really relish and celebrate what it would be because that atmosphere would be bananas, man. It would. However, I could sort of, 
I sort of feel all right for it because all of the sudden this doesn't feel like this this doesn't feel like an aberration. It feels like this is what the future is going to look like for this team. Not every year necessarily, but this isn't three years ago when Buffalo broke the the seventeen year drought. Yeah. This to me seems like a team that is going to probably be playing for the playoffs for the foreseeable future. Well, the thing about that is it it, it always feels like that, though. It, Does it? it always feel like you turn the corner. Look at ball. All right, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Last year, Lamar Jackson won MVP, right? right. They win all those games. He looked like the next best thing. Now look at him. Like right now, you if you look at that draft class right now today, you would think that Josh Allen's the best quarterback. Right? If me obviously take away last year and his MVP, take away Baker Mayfield's rookie year where he threw thirty touchdowns. But right now today, yeah. Josh Allen looks like the best quarterback. You see what I'm saying? So I don't know if year to year until you do it year to year that you can say, okay, we turn the corner or this year is different. You see what I'm well, saying? Well, here's the thing. When the Bills broke the drought streak, I didn't feel like that was a team that was equipped to compete into the future. I I looked at the team and I said they fell ass backwards into the playoffs. They needed everything to go right by other teams in order to fall into it. I was not convinced that they had a roster that could compete. I, I felt like, honestly, that Sean McDermott willed them there using smoke and mirrors on defense. Didn't didn't feel sustainable. And it showed the following year. They let some of those players go. They got out of their salary cap situation. Um, they dropped back, ended up with you know a high draft pick. Uh, last year, the Bills made the playoffs and it sort of felt like, okay, well, they, they're better this year, but they're playing a, a weak schedule. Well, here the Bills are competing, playing a second place schedule, having gone to the playoffs with other teams knowing that they're good and they're still winning games. Josh Allen is there. They have a strong receiving core. They, they do have places that they need to improve, but they've got young talent on that team. They've locked up uh, a couple of their better players, Jordan Poyer, Trey White. This is a team that has the talent in place to be able to make, I'm not saying that they'll make it every year, but they will compete every year. Now, I appreciate what you said about Lamar Jackson looking like he was the next great thing, but teams do have ups and downs, and I'm not saying the Bills won't have downs. This may be a down year for the Ravens compared to last year, but they're still com- they're still competing for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's ebbs and flows. I mean, I see it. It's just sometimes uh, that's why it's so amazing what Tom Brady do, did being so yeah. dominant for so long. But it happens, man. Like I remember, like I said, a lot of my friends are New Orleans Saints fans. My boy played for the Saints. All right, so. A lot of people four years ago wanted to get rid of Drew Brees. Oh, he lost it and this and that. And now he got them compete for playoffs. I mean, so it's hard to say year to year until you see him put the, put it together year year to year. Baker Mayfield, once again, you couldn't have said two years ago that Baker Mayfield wasn't going to be the next thing. And then he had a down year last year, and now this year he's meh, but they still in the, you know, they're still in the mix. So, and it's kind of the same thing with the Rams, man. They gave Jared Goff all that money. Then they went to the Super Bowl. And it's like last year they looked like, mm, and then like it's this year. You know what I'm saying? So, you mm-hmm. gotta be able to ride with the ebbs and flows. It's just, I mean, I'm just, ha- once again, I just wanted to find a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a greedy guy. I mean, I just, <laughs> I just want the, hey, just give me the quarterback. And I got faith that. Uh, McDermott being built around it. So I'm excited for that. But just show me that you're the guy. And Josh Allen has showed that he's still the number three rated, I mean, uh, number three passer in the league as far as yardage is concerned. I will take that. And I think it's only going to get better as the season goes on. Yeah. 
if you have a good quarterback, and I'm now convinced that he is, you have it. You always have a chance to make the playoffs, right. unless you're Detroit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could be Detroit. Yeah, because I mean, and sometimes it's, and I get it, man. Success is organization wise, like the Steelers. Once again, I keep talking about the Steelers. They have one of the best organizations in sport. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. ain't always firing coaches. They do things the right way. You don't really hear nothing from nobody really hates the Steelers, but they undefeated and they just punch everybody in the mouth. They just go to work with their lunch pails and hard hats. And I admire mm-hmm. it because Buffalo is a lot. To me, being an outsider, obviously, Buffalo is like a lot like Pittsburgh to me. Blue collar, nice people, hardworking people. We just want to kick it, drink beer. We don't, we ain't, you know, trying to cause trouble. We all about our team. And so I look at it like that. So, I mean, it's kudos to them, man. They just come out there and play hard and punch you in the mouth, you know, and I, I mm-hmm. admire that. Oh, man. This season's been fun, hasn't it? Oh, man, it's been great, man. It's been the one shining light, you know what I'm saying, of this year, man, because this year has been hard on everybody. So, I mean, this team has been very entertaining, even when they lose. Yeah. Well, no. They were not entertaining in the loss to Tennessee or Kansas City. No. 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 They they were boring as hell. Yeah. But but this past loss was thrilling. But the Cardinals, yeah, the Cardinals game was a great game, man. Wow. It's good stuff, man. Anyway, we've got a game coming up against uh, future Hall of Famer Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. He looked good, man. He's probably the presumptive lead uh, for rookie of the year. Now that Joe Burrow's out, he tore his ACL versus the uh, Washington football team. And so uh, now it's between him and uh, Justin Jefferson, LSU grad, doing the gritty. You know what I'm saying? That's the dance he does So when he scores touchdowns. So I feel like those two are the front runners of rookie of the year. And, hey, Justin Jefferson was my favorite receiver going into this year's draft. And, oh, with what selection was he taken? The Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. But would you take Justin Jefferson and his contract over Stephon Diggs? God, no. No. No? No. And I might change that. That's fluid. Three years from now, I'll probably change that. But right now, I'd rather have Diggs on this team. Yeah. I'd rather have I, I don't think this team is what it is with with Justin Jefferson. Yep. But you're right. In a few years that might change. In a few years we might look at it and say, man, it would have been nice to have all four of those draft picks. That's true. That's true. But right now I'll take no. Diggs is the best. He has the most receiving yards in the league. I'll take that. No, sir. Yep. And also he brings an edge. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You know what, man? This has been a lot of fun. It always is, my friend. I I felt flat coming into this. I'm like, I got nothing to talk about. I had a bad week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hey, that's what we do, man. If you down, I'll carry you, man. You're my brother, so you're not heavy. You're my brother, so i carry you, man. It's it's clear how light I am when you throw me up above your head like I'm uh, a, like a toddler after the Bills score. Oh, by the way, Bills fans, if somebody has a picture or video of that, please send it to us. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at um, I'm at the Jamie D'Amico. He's at big underscore newt. Is that correct? Mm hmm. Uh, yes, sir. Well. We've only got one thing left for them. You want to give it? Oh, yeah, man. Hey, if y'all haven't already, man, check out The Mandalorian, man. It's the best thing on TV. Hey, hey, Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. 
Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.